We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lakers Nation, welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane, and today it is game day. The Lakers finish off preseason play against the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to dive into what we should be looking for in this game. Plus, we've got a couple of really important injury updates to discuss as well. Plus, Russell Westbrook and Huddlegate. What is going on with this? I need to address that topic as well so a lot to talk about today before we get into all of it quick reminder if you want to watch tonight's game lakers versus kings finishing off preseason play come join us over on playback myself and sean davis will be live during the game you can watch it directly with us lakers nation we all come together hang out and watch the game and we break everything down live as it's happening and you guys get to ask us questions comments we get to chat it is a lot of fun, so use the link in the description below. If you're over here on YouTube, I'll put it in the show notes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Speaking of which, guys, make sure that you are subscribing over on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and review if you're over there. really helps us out with our rankings. And, of course, on YouTube, make sure that you like and subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. All right, let's get into it. Lakers versus Kings. Tonight, finishing off preseason, this is game six of preseason play for the Lakers. That means this is the final tune-up before the regular season starts up on Tuesday against the Golden State Warriors ring night for the Warriors. So this is going to be a big matchup tonight. Darvin Ham and the Lakers get one final look at their rotations before they head into a game that is going to count on their record. So again, let's preview this game, and I guess... Really, we need to look back a little bit on the preseason. So far, the Lakers have only won one game in preseason. But again, wins and losses aren't that important. It's more about how you look. And frankly, and unfortunately, the Lakers did not look good in their last game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this was the most concerning bit out of all of it. It's the energy. The energy that we didn't see in the loss to the Wolves, a Wolves team that was missing Rudy Gobert, missing Carl Anthony Towns, and yet the Lakers still could not get the W. After the game, Darvin Ham suggested that perhaps it was the poor shooting that affected the energy level of the Lakers. They could not get three-point shots to drop. I thought they did a really nice job generating shots, but just could not find the bottom of the net. So that's going to be one of the questions heading into this game against the Sacramento Kings. It's the energy level 
of the Lakers. Now, we hadn't seen that problem pop up in the previous four preseason games. I thought under Darvin Ham so far, the Lakers have played with energy. They played with effort. They played with intensity. They have been committed on the defensive end of the floor. There have been some miscues here and there, some things that were misread, some things that were just done poorly, but that's to be expected in preseason when the coaches are swapping out lineups like crazy and trying all kinds of different things. But the lack of energy was a little bit startling in that last game, and that is not a path we want to head down. We know that from last season. In fact, if there is one way to sum up last game against the Wolves, it was that it felt like a game from last season. See, the previous games in preseason play, the Lakers, they've felt like a new team. They've felt like there's new life. There's new energy. Talked about this with Alan Sliwa and Daniel Starkand in Las Vegas, saying the Lakers are fun again. It looked like they were playing to have fun with each other. They were enjoying being on the floor together. Was not the case in that game against the Wolves. So we'd like to see that turn around, certainly, in uh, tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. But before we get too deep into the weeds here, there's a really important injury update that we need to get to, and actually two of them here, and those involve Lonnie Walker and Juan Toscano-Anderson. Good news on both fronts, not just one, both fronts. Lonnie Walker, who uh, sprained his ankle in the loss to the Wolves and looked great. And look, I mean, he was fantastic before spraining his ankle in the loss to the Wolves, but he is good to go. I had, but we had been approaching this as though Lonnie Walker, there's no way. After turning his ankle against uh, against the Wolves, it's just preseason. They're not going to risk it. He had already injured the ankle previously. They kept him out of the start, start of training camp. I thought for sure, there's no way he's playing against the Sacramento Kings. Darvin Ham says, oh, yes, he is. In fact, he went through a full practice yesterday, and he will be ready to play tonight against the Kings unless something changes right before game time or something like that. The Lakers are anticipating him playing. I have to throw that little disclaimer in there because you know what? It wasn't that long ago, just last week, that the Lakers even announced Anthony Davis in the starting lineup. And then five minutes before tip-off, they pulled him out. So as of this moment, the Lakers are anticipating Lonnie Walker being a go for tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings and Juan Toscano-Anderson as well. JTA had to sit out the game against the Wolves dealing with an injury, but he is good to go as well so he should be in action tonight against the sacramento Kings, which means everybody should be available for the lakers in this one with the exception of troy brown jr but that was already announced that he would not be ready for the start of the regular season still dealing with a back issue but everyone else is good to go and ready to play in tonight's game against the sacramento kings which is going to be important because tonight according to head coach darvin ham we are getting another new starting five for the Lakers that will make six different starting fives that we've seen for the Lakers in preseason action. Now, what will the starting five be? So here's what we can check off that we know it's not going to be. First of all, let's assume that Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis will be starting. Those three will be in the starting lineup. Well, we've only seen two starting lineups that have included those three players because of games that they've missed, whether it was due to rest or due to injury. So the starting fives that we've already seen, which Darvin Ham said it would be a new one, something that we haven't seen, so we can check these off. We are not going to see then, if Darvin Ham is true to his word here, we're not going to see Kendrick Nunn and Damian Jones joining Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis in the starting five. That was the starting five they used in game one of preseason. And we are not going to see Lonnie Walker and Patrick Beverly joining the big three because that was the starting five they used Last game against the Wolves with Juan Toscano-Anderson back. Wouldn't be a surprise to see him get a little bit of a look at the three in the starting five. 
Also wouldn't be a surprise to see Austin Reeves in the mix. Again, this is the last chance for the coaches to try to figure out what they want their starting unit to be. And keep in mind, it's not necessarily totally based on merit. There is some of that here, but a lot of it is what's the best fit alongside those three players and what is the domino effect for the bench unit? What does this mean for the bench combination? Because there's some players that will simply fit better together on the Lakers bench. And so that is also something that Darvin Ham and the Lakers coaching staff has to consider when they're deciding who's going to be in that starting lineup. So we're going to see something new tonight. I do wonder if we're going to see more of the small ball situation that we saw from last game. In fact, last game, we saw some lineups where we saw four guards out on the floor with Anthony Davis or Tom, or Thomas Bryant. Four guards surrounding one big. It wasn't great for the Lakers, particularly because those guards aren't necessarily knockdown shooters. That's the way, really, and that's, that's the reason why teams go small. Teams don't go small because just inherently you get better at basketball if you're six feet tall instead of seven feet tall. No, that's not a thing. Teams go small in order to get more skilled on the floor, in order to be able to spread the floor more, in order to be faster. And the Lakers, while they do get faster when you have a lineup of, say, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder together on the floor, they, there's a lot of skill set overlap there between those three guys. And I think we saw some challenges with that in the game against the Wolves. So one of the things in terms of what we want to see, I want to see the Lakers tinker with these lineups a little bit so we don't see such a size disadvantage. Had Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns been playing in this last game, I think it would have been a more pronounced disadvantage for the Lakers had they tried some of these lineups that they were throwing out there in this last one. Of course, we can also say that that perhaps that's why indeed Darvin Ham did try those lineups is because the Wolves didn't have a lot of their size out there on the floor. But I would like to see the Lakers experiment a bit more with some big lineups. Damian Jones did a few things that were impressive in the last game, got very limited minutes against the Wolves, but did enough to where you'd like to see a little bit more of him out there. I don't know if they go back to starting a true center being either Damian Jones or Thomas Bryant. I think we are going to see more Anthony Davis at the five, but that doesn't mean that you have to go super small with some of these lineups, particularly when you get Lonnie Walker, Juan Toscano Anderson back in the fold. Walker started at the three last game. He's six, four, even he's kind of undersized to play the three, but you can get away with it more than if you have say those three guards, Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, where none of them can even really masquerade as a true small forward at the NBA. Lonnie Walker, can kind of get away with it. Not ideal. He's more of a tube than anything else. But out of necessity, you can probably do it. Juan Toscano-Anderson definitely has the size to play the three at 6'6". Troy Brown Jr., hopefully when he heals up, can get into that wing mix as well. This is one of the domino effects of moving Anthony Davis to the five, which, again, the Lakers have a lot of their talent kind of wrapped up in their guard position. So by sliding AD down a spot, you open up some more minutes for those guards because everybody has to slide down a spot. LeBron slides down to the four, opens up some minutes at the three. But the downside is that your lineup across the board becomes smaller, and then that exposes you to some rebounding issues, some things with protecting the paint, things of that nature that we're going to have to keep an eye on in this game against the Kings. So I'd like to see Darvin Ham experiment with some bigger lineups. I'm not saying he has to go with a fully big lineup or completely abandoned playing smaller or anything like that. I just think we saw that there's a line that gets drawn where you can certainly be too small. And I think they found that out in the game against the Wolves. So I'd like to see that rotation staggered a little bit. The energy, of course, is also important for this game. Talked about it a little bit already. What kind of effort, what kind of intensity level do we see the Lakers come out with? Are they able to get out there and recapture 
the effort level that we saw from the first four games, the attention to detail. Again, this is the final tune-up before they take on the reigning champs on Tuesday night. So I think it's going to be pretty important that they get into a rhythm and get into that habit of giving it their all on each and every play. Speaking of which, I think we are going to see very much an extended run for the starters in this one. Darvin Ham throughout preseason, five games now, has not closed with LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, has not closed with his starters. He's closed games with his end-of-the-bench guys. So will he actually close this one out like a regular season game and go for a win? So far, there have been some positive things. Not Last game notwithstanding, there have been some real positives out of this starting group together, LeBron, Russ, AD, and then whoever's joining them. We've seen some real positives out of the Lakers with those guys on the floor, and I want to see if they can really build upon that tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Of course, we'll also be keeping an eye on the shooting. We know this is not projected out to be a very good three-point shooting team, but I also don't think they're as bad as what we saw against the Minnesota Timberwolves, where at one point they were, I believe it was one for 17 from behind the arc. They are not that bad of a three-point shooting team either. Can they keep generating the looks that they did against the Wolves? I thought the looks were just fine, just the ball was not dropping. Can they keep generating those looks against the Kings, but get some of those shots to drop? And then we gotta got to keep an eye on some of the end of the bench, guys. Remember, the Lakers do have one open roster spot. Darvin Ham has hinted that Matt Ryan could wind up winning that spot. I wasn't super impressed with him in the game against the Wolves but he did get early run alongside the regular rotation players. If he comes out and has a big game here in the final preseason appearance, he could indeed win that final roster spot for the Lakers. Keep in mind, there's also a major benefit for the Lakers just to leave that 15th roster spot open, both in terms of roster flexibility and if you're going to pay the luxury tax in addition to signing a veteran minimum player, your total cost for the Lakers, it's going to be about $7 million dollars. So if you are going to sacrifice the flexibility that an open roster spot brings you when you get into, say, trade negotiations or you need to pick up a player or, or you get into uh, the buyout season or something like that, if you're going to sacrifice that flexibility plus pay $7 million, you've got to be very convinced that this is a player that can help you out. So I think Matt Ryan is the leader to get that spot if they decide to use it, but I think he's going to have a big performance tonight. Speaking of which, uh, one of the things to keep an eye out for Right after the game, could happen tomorrow as well, could happen Saturday, sometime in the next however many hours after the game ends, we're going to see the Lakers wave some players. That's going to happen. The way it works in the NBA is that once you, you have to cut your roster down to 15, they have to get it cut down to 15 by Tuesday, but it takes a couple of days for players to get off of your roster and officially clear waivers. And so the, for the Lakers, for every team in the NBA, they've got to do it on Saturday at the latest. They've got to waive players by then in order for them to clear waivers by Monday and be off their rosters at the start of the regular season. Otherwise, some of that money, let's say they waive a player on Sunday. That's fine. That player will still be off their roster, but they will be on their roster on Tuesday, which means the Lakers would actually have to pay a prorated amount of their salary, which then would be subject to the luxury tax. Look, you're going to see teams around the NBA waiving a bunch of players Friday night, that's tonight, and Saturday, all day Saturday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to get a lot of players being waived. So expect to see the Lakers waving players as well. Remember, every team has to cut down to 15 full roster spots and two two-way players. That's the most you're allowed to have during preseason. They've been able to have their roster up to 20 players. So keep an eye out for that. You're going to see some players waived. Doesn't mean they're saying goodbye to these players. Could just mean those players are going to transition down 
to the South Bay Lakers in the G League and stay in the Lakers program. It could also mean that they're saying goodbye to them as well, though. Think about guys like Jay Hoff, of course, uh, and then Matt Ryan. What's going to happen with him? There's a few players that we're going to see on the end of the Lakers bench that could wind up getting waived after the game or sometime on Saturday. Lastly, I'll tell you something that I really want to see. I've been impressed with Anthony Davis with his play. I've been impressed with LeBron James and his play. I don't think we have to worry about those guys aside from health, right? It's just keep those guys healthy. Pretty clear that they're going to have a big, big season as long as they can stay on the floor. But Russell Westbrook, we've seen some things that were very positive out of him in the first four preseason games, or at least the games that he appeared in. We've also seen some moments that were not so great. Uh, but there were enough positive things where I could be a little bit optimistic that, you know, maybe Darvin Ham can really find something that I don't want to say it's going to work, but at least it's going to be better. The fit can be improved upon. There's enough there. Last game against the Wolves, we didn't see that. We largely saw kind of an invisible Russell Westbrook, a guy who just didn't make much of an impact. So I'd like to see that change here against the Sacramento Kings. And I will talk in just a minute about the whole huddle situation and everything that was buzzing uh, yesterday. But Russell Westbrook, I'd like to see more of how Darvin plans to get him incorporated into the team and get him to be productive without dealing with some of the issues that we saw last season in terms of the turnovers and the poor shot selection and things like that. And it just felt like the Lakers were having to overcome some of these issues in order to win games. I want to see what Darvin Ham can do to mitigate the issues while still getting the best parts of Russ out there on the floor. We did see some of that in game one of preseason, Russ getting to the basket, looking like he had some burst. I'd like to get more of that tonight out of him because remember, a good performance out of Russell Westbrook, it's a good thing for the Lakers, getting him to ultimately click. Even if you're the type that says, I'd like to see a trade, I want to see Russ moved, Russ playing well is a positive thing for the Lakers, no matter how you want to look at it, whether you want to look at trade value, whether you want to look at production on the floor, winning games right now. Russell Westbrook doing good things is good for the Lakers. And so we want to see improvements under Darvin Ham continue tonight against the Sacramento Kings. All right, let's take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors, and that is No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit on all of your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code LakersNation at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, everybody, let's finish things off for this show by chatting a little bit about Russell Westbrook and what I'm what I'm calling Huddlegate. So there were some video clips that went around uh, across social media, mostly yesterday, that showed Russell Westbrook in the Wolves game not wanting to be part of the huddle. At least that's the way it appeared. Russell Westbrook 
Uh, at one point, Patrick Beverly was trying to pull Russell Westbrook over into a huddle with himself and Lonnie Walker, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And it looked like Russ didn't really want to be part of that huddle. We also saw Russ pregame, um, not not joining the Lakers huddle with every player in it. Instead, he was off by himself after player introductions rather than joining up with the rest of his team. And that looked a little bit strange. And I did a video about that uh, yesterday and kind of broke it down and said, this this really isn't a good look to see these things from Russell Westbrook. Now, since then, Russ addressed them in practice and, and clarified, said that what was going on, and when you look at the different angle, you can see this, what was going on with the Patrick Beverly situation was that Russ was talking to the Lakers bench and just didn't see that that Patrick Beverly was calling him over into the huddle. So again, we can understand uh, what was going on there. He was a little bit upset, frustrated. There was a, a foul called against him in the moment before. So there were some other things going on. So, okay, we can, we can understand that. He also clarified that what he does pregame in terms of not being in the huddle is something that he always does. And there were a number of people across social media who then lashed out and said, well, this is what... This is what Russ always does. This is no big deal. I understand that that's that's what he's done in the past and everything. But in terms of Russell Westbrook and keeping an eye on his relationship with Patrick Beverly, with his other Lakers teammates, that, that's no surprise. That shouldn't be. There should be no shock or surprise that anybody is paying attention to these things. It shouldn't be. Oh my gosh, why why is the media paying attention to this stuff? Because Russell Westbrook's been the biggest story of the Lakers offseason, right? That whether or not the Lakers are trading him was the biggest story of the summer. They didn't ultimately wind up trading him, but they were in conversations to trade him the night before media day. There's a decent chance that some sort of a trade still happens. And even if you're looking at this from Russell Westbrook's perspective, he's been in trade rumors all summer. It's very clear that the Lakers have been trying to move on from him. Last season was a disaster bringing him on board and they've been trying to part ways with him. It's only natural to wonder whether or not he would have any kind of feelings towards the franchise that's been trying to trade him all summer, whether or not that would boil over, particularly when that franchise also traded for the guy who has been his rival for a decade in Patrick Beverly. Naturally, there's going to be intrigue around Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. What does that relationship look like? In the video that I did yesterday, I said, look, up to this point, up until we saw these things happen with the huddle, with Russ not being in the huddle, Russ had been pretty much a model citizen, right? This offseason, he's been doing and saying everything that you would hope that he would say. He's been showing up to press conferences. He's been saying he's going to do whatever it takes to win. We've noticed some improvements on the floor. Not all the time, right? He slipped back into some old habits as well. And again, last game against the Wolves was not a great one for him. And Lakers fans, let's face it, we're all going to be a little bit touchy around this subject. And perhaps I'm guilty of this as well in terms of looking for signs of, of trouble. And especially that game, just the vibe around the team felt off. It felt very similar to last season. And when you put the pieces of the puzzle together, you see two instances of there being a huddle and Russell Westbrook being on the outside of that huddle and the vibe around the team just feeling so much different than the previous games, those are kind of little bits of evidence that you have to look at when you're covering this team. So do we jump to conclusions too quickly? Probably. And again, I'm probably guilty of that as well in this situation. But I also think a spotlight being on Russell Westbrook, a spotlight being on the Lakers, that's not something that's out of the ordinary. I'll also say... Russell Westbrook not being part of the team huddle pregame, you might say, well, that's 
that's just what he's always done. I don't think that's a great, a great excuse. Hey, he's just always not been part of the team huddle, so it's okay. No, they, he should still be involved in the team. Now, look, if the team says this is fine and this is part of his pregame ritual and everything, okay. But as I said in the video yesterday, if you've ever participated in any kind of team sport at any level, every player is supposed to be in the huddle, particularly the one right before the game. It's about building that, that unity. So I don't take that as, well, he's just done this before, so therefore it makes it okay. At the very least, it's not a good look in a situation where they know that the spotlight is going to be on that relationship between Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Now, look, again, if the team has decided everything is fine with that, that's no big deal. He doesn't need to be in the huddle. Fine. We move on. But the optics of this situation don't look great. And so it's not a surprise either when people question those things, when those are the things that are starting to pop up and you're seeing them and taking notice of them, whether or not they've happened in the past can understand why those things would come to light as of this moment as well. And again, particularly with the vibe around the team just being so different last game than what we saw previously. And again, that's one of the things that we're hoping to see change in tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. But as I've said before, we want success for Russell Westbrook. I want success for Russell Westbrook because that's going to mean success for the Los Angeles Lakers. Whether you are a Russell Westbrook fan, if you're a Russell Westbrook hater, Everybody should want success for him. You should want Darvin Ham to find success because at the very least, Russell Westbrook being successful with the Lakers, even if you're of the mindset that the Lakers need to move on from him in order to get to where they want to go, which I know a lot of fans do feel that way, him being successful just pre presents more options for the Lakers on the trade front. It allows them to trade without having that desperate sense of urgency, which puts them in a bad situation in terms of negotiating. So, the success of Russell Westbrook and the success of the Lakers to some degree are tethered together. And so regardless of how you feel, obviously, if you're a Russ fan, you are hoping that he's going to be extremely successful and he's going to turn back into his MVP self and he's going to have a fantastic season. But if you're a Lakers fan and you're not a huge fan of Russ, you should still want to see him succeed. So even as we look at all of this, the goal at the end of the day to steal a phrase from Dennis Schroeder is we'd like to see good things for Russell Westbrook this season. We'd like to see things click as much as they possibly can. And then when the time comes, you figure out where to go from there. Perhaps it's a trade. Maybe he finishes out the season on the roster and you wind up having a bunch of cap space next summer or whatever happens. The bottom line is you want to see Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook successful at figuring out some kind of a way to make things click and make things work with the roster. And some of that is going to be determined by the interpersonal relationships that, of course, we're going to continue to keep an eye on. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comments section down below. What do you think about the Lakers, their preseason game tonight against Sacramento Kings? What are you hoping to see from L.A. as they get one last chance to prepare for Tuesday night's matchup with the Golden State Warriors? Give me your thoughts in the comments section down below if you're over here on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, you're on Spotify, you're on Apple Podcasts, wherever, you can leave me a review letting me know what it is that you would like to see in tonight's game. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.